This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. In the seven-day period leading up to the 24th of October, over 328,000 people in the UK tested positive for COVID. 6,720 people were admitted to hospital following a positive test. 949 people died. And still, the UK Health Secretary Sajid Javid yesterday confirmed that the government would not be implementing Plan B yet. With uh, where we are, uh, I, I think Plan well, A it remains the right plan. But again, you know, I, I couldn't appeal more strongly to people to play their part in Plan A, uh, and, and that is uh, top of the list, as I say, the vaccines. Well, the modelling seems to be going your way. If you've seen one newspaper today, suggestion from very prominent scientists that COVID cases will slump in the winter. So, And whilst some models do suggest that cases could fall without extra measures, others remain alarmed by the numbers. The head of the NHS Confederation, the British Medical Association, a raft of top scientists and government advisers have all pointed to the urgent need for additional measures. So what exactly is Plan B? And with case numbers continuing to rise, will it be enough? I'm Madeleine Finlay, and from The Guardian, this is Science Weekly. Nicola Davis, you're The Guardian's science correspondent, and you've been watching these case numbers closely and writing about the various calls to implement the government's Plan B. So what is Plan B? Plan B is basically a suite of measures which are a so-called light touch, which means that they're nowhere near a lockdown. We're not talking about a lockdown here, we're talking about relatively small measures which could help to reduce cases. So The plan B includes making face coverings mandatory in some settings. It would also be, for example, asking people to work from home if they can, communicating very strongly that the level of risk is increased and that people need to take care and be very cautious. And also there's a possibility of introducing some kind of vaccine passport, which would show that you've had your jabs and that that would be a requirement of entry to certain settings. And Nicola, the reason that we're talking about Plan B is because of this rise in case numbers. So why are the numbers going up? If you look back to the 19th of July, remember in England on the 19th of July, a lot of the COVID restrictions were removed, society essentially reopened, people started to mix more. So there's all sorts of behavioural changes that have happened 
as a result of that removal of those restrictions in the summer. And one of the other factors that has made a real difference in the pandemic so far is obviously vaccines. Where do we need to go there? When it comes to vaccination, in the case of the first two doses, remember the UK really was quite fast out the gates in terms of getting those doses out to people. But scientific studies have shown that immunity you get from having your jabs does wane over time. And so we've got this booster jab programme, which was announced earlier this autumn. The problem is that the uptake of those booster jabs has been quite slow, and there are multiple reasons why that might be the case. But it does mean that you have a population who's you know, increasingly susceptible to COVID. But perhaps more importantly, when it comes to what we're seeing in terms of rising cases is the rollout of jabs for 12 to 15 year olds. So remember, again, earlier this autumn, it was announced that all children in the UK over the age of 12 are now eligible for at least one COVID jab. And there's been a concern there about the pace of rollout. Now, this matters because if you look at where cases are rising, where infection levels are highest, it's in secondary school aged children. I think the latest figures suggest somewhere around 8% of children in England in that secondary school age group had COVID in the most recent week. Right. So whilst we're on school children, this week in England, it's half term. Could that make any difference? Potentially. I mean, obviously, if you've got children away from school, they're not going to be mixing in the same way. And then all the other mixing that goes around with that. And so a week's break might help to reduce some of that contact. And so you might see some slowdown in the spread of of COVID. But, you know, it's only a week, so it's hard to know how big an effect that would actually have. But of course, then if they come back and we still have, you know, a large susceptible pool of children, then once again, infections could take off. I mean, the other thing that has been suggested is that, you know, if you've got high levels of infection in children, people who've had COVID or have now got COVID or who've been vaccinated, then potentially it might be the case that infections could peak in children. It might be that they would then also peak in other groups as well. You know, if most of the driver infection is coming from younger age groups, if infection levels start to fall in that group, they might also start to fall elsewhere. But it's not yet clear whether we're near that peak yet. And if we are, it's just not clear when that would occur. There's also another question mark at the moment around a new variant that scientists have detected. I mean, how worried should we be about how that could drive up cases? So the first thing to say is that the more infections you have in a population, the greater chance of a new variant emerging. So it's not surprising that there are offshoots of the Delta variant now. Remember, the Delta variant is the dominant variant in the UK. This new variant is called AY4.2, and it's essentially a Delta with some mutations. So while the UK Health Security Agency has said that this variant AY4.2 is now a variant under investigation, so it's being assessed, data is being gathered about it, as yet you know, there's no evidence so far that this variant causes more severe disease or renders the vaccines that we're using less effective. Okay, no need to worry at the moment, but what exactly do we know about this new variant? We know that this variant contains two mutations in its spike protein. Remember, the spike protein's on the outside of the coronavirus and helps the virus to enter cells, and mutations in that protein could potentially help 
the virus to enter cells more easily, for example. However, these two mutations that they found in the spike protein, they actually don't seem to offer a huge advantage. And in fact, I spoke last week to Professor Francois Ballou. Uh, he's director of University College London Genetics Institute. He said, yes, there's potential that this uh, variant is more transmissible than the original Delta variant, but it could be down to chance, the fact that it seems to be taking off. You know, he says that even if it is that much more transmissible, at this point, it could really only explain a small fraction of additional cases. You've mentioned masks and working from home. On Friday, you reported on SAGE documents, which suggested that these were two interventions we should be considering to bring down COVID rates. How much transmission could they prevent? Well, it's difficult to put exact numbers on it because you know, it's an inexact science. But if we look at those SAGE documents that were released on Friday, there was one document from a subgroup which included modelers, behavioural experts and so on. And they said that reintroduction of working from home guidance for people who can do so is likely to have the largest impact on transmission out of those plan B measures that are on the table. That's not particularly surprising. We know that you know when you go into the office, you're not just mixing with people at work. You've also got all those people on your train or on your bus during your commute and all the other interactions you have during the day. And again, we know that that face coverings do play a role in helping to reduce the spread of COVID. Nicola, you've explained that there's all these different factors driving the rise in COVID cases. Even if the government do implement Plan B, is it going to be enough? Well, I think what's interesting is that if we look to the SAGE documents that were released on Friday, they basically said if you act early when cases start to rise with light touch measures like those in in plan B, then you probably won't have to have the harsher measures later on. That's really important because I think there is really very little appetite to go back to harsh restrictions. I mean, documents released by SAGE on Friday suggest that it's the working from home that is likely to have the biggest impact. In terms of face masks, we know uptake is fallen off. Um, Not quite so clear about the importance of the vaccine passports, but they also say it's important to bring in this package together. Don't just have one measure and then another measure. It's bring in a suite of measures. But of course, the key question then is when do you bring these measures in? Now, that is obviously, as scientific advisors would say, that's a, a policy decision, not a science decision. And it's up to policymakers when to bring that in. The government has said, we're not at that point yet. Others have said, we really are. And so that is really going to be a a tough discussion that's probably going to play out in the next days and weeks. Well, Nicola, I know that you'll be keeping an eye on what's coming out from SAGE and from the government. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that perhaps these measures will come into place just in time. Thank you very much for chatting to us today. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks again to science correspondent Nicola Davis. You can find a link to her reporting and all The Guardian's coronavirus coverage on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Excitingly, today The Guardian is launching its second season of Comfort Eating, hosted by award-winning restaurant critic Grace Dent. Each week, Grace invites a famous guest to throw the cupboard doors wide open on friendship, family and the foods that have seen them through it all. Episodes are out every Tuesday and the first guest is Stephen Fry. 
You can find Comfort Eating with Grace Dent on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On Thursday, we're going to be delving into daylight savings time. Should it be scrapped? See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.